You're listening to Fat Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But but I was like in my head, I'm like I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know. I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? Tony, 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 you gotta come here. This podcast it is so rad. See, I was poking around on my dad's computer, and I came across this fan show, and they talk about comics and science fiction, and even you sometimes. It is the absolute best. Bad about poking around on my dad's computer because if he didn't want anyone to poke around on his computer, he shouldn't have looked at it. Oh my god, I gotta go right now. But I'll be around the armory later, so see ya. Bye bye, later, goodbye. Hey folks, welcome back to the Fan Holes Podcast. Uh, we're having a pretty cool show for you lined up this week. Uh, we just did our big Halloween show, which I think went wonderfully. I uh, had a good time doing that. We uh, decided to move on from Halloween festivities, getting uh, out of the holiday spirit for a little bit. And we're just kind of doing we, – we, we jokingly call these Frankenstein shows or Franken shows. We just throw a lot of stuff together that we want to talk about. You know, there's no real theme. There's no, like – you know, it's not Halloween. It's not just superheroes. It's not just this, not just that. It's just yeah, pretty much whatever we feel like uh, shooting the shit about. So that's pretty much what this show is going to be about, just to go over some of the topics we're going to do this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Avengers Academy, the comic book series. Basically, for lack of a better explanation, think of kind of like New Mutants for the X-Men, but with Avengers. Like, you know, training a whole bunch of different new heroes for the next generation. Uh, we're going to talk about Most Deserved Toy Line. <clears throat> what this basically entails is characters, concepts like comic books, TV shows, or even cartoons, which is impossible to think of a cartoon that never got a toy line, but it does happen that never got a toy line, and they really should have got one, or at least one that we want to see. Uh, we're also going to talk about Tony Stark, Iron Man Armored Adventures. This is an interesting take on good Mr. Stark. Um, I know some of you who are longtime comic readers are familiar with Teen Tony from uh, the whole, like, fallout of the Heroes Reborn. Crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is... Not really that. This is really just Tony Stark. This is who he's supposed to be. It's not like a you know weird young doppelganger. But it kind of starts him off as Iron Man at a little bit younger age. It's more set to like kind of a teen, younger adult audience, but it's still you know not kidified. So it's, it's pretty cool. We'll talk about more of that a little bit later on. And we're bringing back an old favorite of the Fan Holes uh, podcast for the future, yours and mine. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Hopefully you have. It's It's been eh, kind of big news in the comic book world. Uh, they are rebooting the Spider-Man uh, franchise. They're doing it uh, with a whole new cast, new director, new look, new everything. There's a trailer out. Uh, all of us have seen it. We're going to just pretty much say whether, you know, like, like, like with the Halloween, if uh, like Ghost Rider, if we think it's going to be cool or if we're like, eh, 
So we'll, we'll, we'll actually get into those thoughts later. Um, as always, I am Tony. You may know me as Chainclaw. Uh, who else is here tonight on the Fanholes podcast? Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> hey, it's uh, Mike Thunderwing. I'm trapped on the edge of an endless game, and my teenage life will never be the same. And I am the spectacular Griplock. Ah, cool, cool, cool. Um, just to let you guys know, Brian is breakdown is not going to be here tonight because you know what? He's being a good dad and he's taking his kids trick or treating. So really, how could you hate on the guy for that? So Woo! he is fully, yeah, exactly. How, that's fully understandable. So uh, we will miss him this week, but we will trudge on and soldier forth. Science helps people, not fighting. Stop! You're not getting it. No, I am getting it. You're not trained for this kind of thing, and I don't want you to get hurt. Unless anybody's got any uh, problems, I'm just going to jump right into the first topic, as we usually do, just feet first and not looking where we're going, or at least in my case. Uh, we're going to talk about Avengers Academy. This is an ongoing series from Marvel. And like I said in the top of the show, really it's just the next generation of heroes learning how to be Avengers, or hopefully be Avengers. As the case goes, there's a lot of trials and tribulations and da-da-da death that goes on. But for the most part, yeah, it's just basically young heroes trying to earn their reputations to get on the the big team. So um, I'm just going to kind of like, I think we should kind of roundtable this and just kind of think about our thoughts on it, talk about our thoughts on it. I'm going to just start off with one of my favorite uh, go-to comic guys. Uh, between Derek and Mike this week, I want to go with Mike first. Uh, what, what is just some of your thoughts about Avengers Academy? What do you think about the series? I really like it. Uh, it's it's probably my favorite current book that has Avengers in the title. Um, you know, I like Christos Gage, his writing. Uh, this in uh, Academy is kind of like the child of uh, Avengers Initiative, which I also liked, and it, like the child of Avengers Initiative and uh, uh, Mighty Avengers, or at least Dan Slott's portion of uh, Mighty Avengers, and that like Hank Pym is like a main character throughout all those, and you know there are some characters like here and there that like uh, have transferred all the way to Academy. Um, yeah, I, I like Hank Pym. He's a, he's he's one of my favorite Marvel characters, and you know I think he always gets a raw deal with fans. You know, as a wife, as the wife, <laughs> the wife beater. Yeah, Pym slap. The, the Pym slap. Yep. And uh, I think he kind of gets a raw deal because like everyone fixates on that, and like he, he really hasn't done like you know the, I'd I'd say like Reed Richards is a much worse like husband and father with all the shit he's pulled, but you know he he gets a pass for some reason, and Hank Pym doesn't. So you know, but whatever you know. Uh, other things like I like like as far as the like uh the the teacher cast goes i like that like quicksilver has kind of been like sort of redeemed a bit like you know he's been like a bad guy more not a bad guy so much as a scumbag i guess ever since like house of m so he kind of gets like sort of redeemed even though like well he kind of lied about it but <laughs> i was gonna say i thought it was pretty funny like he tried to Tell them that he was the evil Quicksilver was a scroll, and then that the other character was like, "You weren't a scroll. You lied to them." Yeah, yep, and like you know, uh, even like Hank Pym's like, you know, I was on that scroll ship, and Quicksilver wasn't there, but I'm not gonna say anything because you know, uh, <laughs> we need him. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I think that's kind of funny, and you know, uh, it's cool to have him like sort of like uh, Derek was saying when we talked about Thanos Initiative, like you know how Scarlet Witch is like, uh, you know, it it seems like Scarlet Witch has been like on the bad, the dark side for a long time now. It's almost like Quicksilver to a lesser extent has seemed like that way too. So it's nice to have him. A good guy again, more or less. Yeah, it does, it does seem like a lot of the instructors have. It is kind of the redeeming ground for for people, you know, whether it's you know Robbie Baldwin or Tigra or Quicksilver or Hank Pym, you know, guys like yeah. that. Like, you know, they've all they they all seem to have something there to sort of atone for in a certain way. But but it's it's also nice to see the characters being good guys again, you know, like they're not, yeah. they're not being douchebags or they're not, you know, uh, getting, uh, uh, assaulted by the hood or whatever, you know, and they're not getting <clears> owned <throat> or whatever, like things See, like that. no longer pin it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think they like the other instructors still kind of give, uh, Astrovic a little bit of leeway though? Cause it's like, you know, Quicksilver, what did you do? Oh, well I exposed some people to Terrigen mist and kind of mutated them, but I was kind of crazy back then. And it was like, what about you, Hank? Well, I did slap my wife a couple of times. I'm not proud of that. I'm like, Speedball, what about you? Well, I survived a horrible incident with my teammates, but it wasn't really my fault, even though for some reason it turned me into an emo douchebag for a couple of years. And I was like, what What about you, Vance? What did you do? Killed my dad? Oh. Well, Vance, <laughs> Vance went to prison. Like, he took his time. I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just funny, though. It's like, because his is pretty hardcore, even though he's probably, like, one of the more moral guys on the, on the right, team. Right, right. So, but yeah, I do like I do like the fact that the teaching staff is is kind of cool. Like like I said, you got like Speedy on there, Speedball. Yeah, I I've never I was gonna say I've never really like warmed up to Tigra, but I kind of like I'm starting to like her from like you know this series. So, and yeah, it, it, like Speedball too. Like I've never been a huge fan of his, but yeah, he's pretty cool. Like he's not he's st- like not quite Speedball yet, but he's you not mean, quite you mean, Penance. You mean DJ Robbie B? <laughs> DJ Robbie B, yeah, yeah, that was a good issue. The, the, like, I, we were talking about this earlier, but Derek brought up the the prom issue, which I think is Avengers Academy number thirteen. Yeah, yeah I think it 13. is. Yeah, that's a very good issue. Yeah, yeah just, where you Justin see... mentioned it too. Like, we we I think we all kind of like that issue. Yeah, that was a very good issue. Um, uh, basically, like the, the, all I can say is what I said before. I'll, I'll sum it up. It's my favorite book with the word Avengers in the title currently, and uh, it, it feels more like an Avengers book like that I remember, more than like, you know, all the Bendis Avengers books, and <laughs> yeah, where you've definitely. got you know, like Spider-Woman, and you know, uh, what's-his-face uh, Sweet Fiat, Christmas! Yeah, and Luke Cage <laughs> running around, you know. I think, but, I think it's, uh, to me, it's refreshing to have a series that isn't afraid, like Christos Gage seems to really know his history. Like, I, I kind of got that idea when I started reading that Spider-Man FF miniseries where he kind of tackled, you know, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four meeting at different periods in history. And, you know, when I read that first issue, it was just classic, you know, Ditko Spider-Man and Lee Spider-Man and then Lee Kirby Fantastic Four, you know, kind of, or even Ramita Jr. Spider-Man, you know, like all that kind of history. It was like right in that time frame. And it's like he knew it backward and forward. And the, and the story to me, like almost seamlessly fit into that period. And it made me laugh. And I thought it was really, really 
funny and witty and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, look, Spider-Man's funny. And, and the FF is a, you know, a kind of, uh, you know, moderately dysfunctional family, you know, uh, by today's standards. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they don't always get along, but they do the good fight and everything. And I was like, oh, this is great, you know. And, and in that same sense, you know, you can kind of read Avengers Academy. And, yes, you know, some of the characters might have ties to or potential ties to other Marvel characters. But they're all kind of their own you know, their own character, but they're, it's not, it's not afraid to say, Hey, remember in Captain America back in the nineties when Korvac was beat this way, you know, like, it's like, we're going to use this same way to, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to drop the, uh, MacGuffin for you. So you know what we're going to do later on, you know, and that kind of thing. So you're not, you know, I, I don't know. I always thought that was cool that they, you know, because a lot of titles, I don't know, they seem afraid to reference stuff, you know, because it's like, oh, it's got to be new reader friendly or whatever yeah. the deal is. And then they, they don't mention anything. But I think people forget that like new reader friendly doesn't have to mean you don't address past history. It just means you have to explain it well. And I think Gage does that. You know, pretty convincingly. If you didn't know who Michael Korvac was when you read that whole little exchange between the Academy kids and Korvac, it's like you would after reading those two issues. You know, you you at least you know he he, he expounds upon you know Korvac's backstory enough so that you know when the guy shows up, you know he's a big deal. You know he's fought the Avengers in the past, and you know he's like this kind of godlike, omnipotent figure. That's all you really need to know. You know, like, so I, you know, anyway, I, I, I think that's, you know, pretty cool. There's just an advantage of having, like, these kids, like, these new characters where, you know, if there is something that they have to bring up from, uh, you know, somewhere else, they can be like, they're like, hey, you know, like, Dr. Pym, who's, like, Korvac? And, like, it was, well, Jimmy, you know, Korvac yeah, right. is, yeah, you know. But, yeah. He killed me once. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, that one time I totally told Black Panther to kill that girl. Sorry, but bring, I'm just bringing up another time where I thought Tim was a total douchebag. Kill her, Panther! Get her out of the way! <laughs> I was actually going to bring up, uh, to anyone who wants to answer it, uh, Justin, you too, I mean, like I said, might go for more roundtable thing. We were kind of hitting on the uh, the faculty, like, you know, all the... Uh, all the older heroes who've been around for a little while, even Speedball's been around since the friggin' nineties, for Christ's sake. Um, but there's a lot of new guys, obviously, who are the students, uh, including guys like Reptile, who a lot of people know probably more from Superhero Squad, sadly. Um, even though he has been in the comics for a while, he's, he's not just brand new to this uh, show. And there's like Vale, who's actually been around for a little while, not an incredibly long time, but she's she's kind of known. Uh, do you, do you guys like the new uh, characters? Do you like the the way they interact and everything? Do you think they actually have a chance to be Avengers one day? I I'll just go out on a bat and say that uh, that I I'm kind of uh, I have a soft spot for the whole uh, hazmat and and metal relationship that they kind of have set up throughout the course of the series. I'm kind of you know they're they're kind of sweet on each other and I'm kind of you know, sweet on them per se. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that kind of, I, I, they kind of remind me, I don't know if this is, you know, if, if somebody hasn't read this series, I apologize for the comparison, but it's kind of the same way I felt about, uh, the, the female judo master and Adam Smasher back when they were like an item mm. in the justice society comic. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was a nice, sweet relationship. Like, uh, you know, it wasn't overly sexualized and it wasn't like, you know, that the, the, the male or female character was there to get 
blown away or raped or whatever, so the other character would get pissed off. It's just, you know, they, they both had a lot of issues to deal with, and they both seem to lean on each other at different points in the series. And I kind of feel the same way about um, Hazmet and Metal. So I'm kind of enjoying uh, their, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, to, to answer Tony's question, I think those are the two characters that I've liked the most since I started reading the story. Um, Striker, I kind of want to get killed. Like he's he's kind of <laughs> like the the Wolverine or the that guy or the like or he kind of reminds me of like Hellion from New X Men Academy where I'm just waiting for them to like you know uh, mutilate his hands or something. It's like he just he, he just screams like like you know something bad needs to happen to this guy because he's a douchebag type thing. Um, uh, I hate the know, name Striker is just a really boring name too. You know, and then I, I I don't know. I guess maybe we should discuss this, but. But the the kind of the Shamalama Ding Dong you know twist to the whole, <laughs> whole Avengers Academy is that you know that that you know the kids I guess you know start out under the impression that they will be the next generation of Avengers, but in reality you know Norman Osborn's the one who recruited all these guys, so you know the current administration, if you will, of Avengers, you know they they all actually are are sort of uh, you know afraid that if they don't uh, mentor uh, these kids correctly, that they will become the world's next biggest supervillains. Um, and, and I guess maybe that's, you know, I guess, I guess you'd say it's interesting because they make the distinction where Stryker's like, well, I'm a douchebag, and, uh, you know, Finesse <laughs> is a fucking bitch, and, and Vale's a little screwed up, like, so we could all totally go evil, but then he kind of points it. You know, some of the characters I've said I like, like Metal and Hazmat. And then, you know, Tony brought up, you know, Reptile from Superhero Squad or whatever. Um, you know, like, as kind of going, well, you guys aren't fucked up, so how could you become supervillains? And then I think that's interesting, too, because you're kind of like, well, yeah, how could Reptile? You know, to me, like, it's like, I think of, you know, Superhero Squad, mostly. And then even reading this comic book, you know, like, I, I think what I think he showed up, what, in the, like, an initiative special or something? In the yeah, movie. he was in, like, a one-shot special, you know? yeah. And so even in that, you know, he wasn't, like, I, I don't know, I don't I don't see any indication that that he could totally go evil unless, you know, Kurt Connors, like, starts making him uh, uh, eat Billy or whatever with his <laughs> lizard, or bugs. lizard brains or whatever happened that last time he showed up in Spider-Man, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, I, I would just say that I enjoy, uh, I enjoy metal and hazmat's relationship and, and I think they're kind of cool characters, you know, yeah, they, they do have some, uh, you know, uh, outward, uh, or, or, or serious ailments, you know, so they, they kind of tug at the heartstrings where you're like, oh, you know, they could, they're the only two people who can really, you know, kind of have a physical relationship with one another because hazmat of course is radioactive. And if it was any normal person other than metal who has sort of messed up you know, skin, you know, that's all like, you know, super hard or whatever, then nobody else could sort of interact the way that they do. So, you know, I guess they're kind of, you know, and, and I guess it's a cliche, but they're, they're made for each other, you know, type thing, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, I, I think Mike even recommended that I check out Avengers Academy, like back when we first started doing the show and I didn't, I just never got around to it. Um, one of the things that kept me from reading it was the simple fact that um, most of their characters were like new characters, and I guess like I have a I kind of have problems with like picking up a book and caring about like all you know all new all different characters you know like I'm just like ah oh, why should I care about these guys they're just you know 
Avengers wannabes. None of them are any good or anything. But uh, I think I've read the latest issue, issue 20. Like, I've read 1 through 20, like, in a a week or two, I guess. And yeah, I really like... 20, do, 20 does have spoilers. Watch out. Yeah. I wasn't going to yeah. spoil it, but... Uh, okay, but, good. Uh, <laughs> I uh I really I really did uh like the characters like I kind of I was kind of surprised like I kind of like Derek I like Metal and Hazmat um I like Reptile actually like I didn't think I would because I I guess you know I I associate him with his character on Superhero Squad so I'm just like uh Reptile but uh <laughs> I uh I found myself kind of liking him especially in the prom uh, issue like that's that's probably probably my my favorite issue. Well, it should be stated for anybody who wants to pick it up. The reptile in this one is a little bit different because in Super Hero Squad he's kind of shown to be like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, like you know, barely out of his, barely into his teens. And like in Academy, he's he's probably more around like sixteen or something like that, seventeen, a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, I think most of the kids are like sixteen because they all they all constantly make references to uh, uh, underage, you know. Uh, sex or underage drinking or underage, you know, like it, it invariably comes up where, you know, they're talking about something. And like, I think there's that one point in the prom issue where he's, you know, he, he, he's an adult from the Korvac saga where he sort of got to be in his adult body for the issue or whatever. And he's still stuck that way. Cause he wants to be that way. And then uh, what's your face Komodo from the initiative is like hitting on him. And then all of a sudden he's kind of like, look, look, <laughs> slow down, slow down. Like I'm only 16. And she's like, what? You know, like, she's, all, like, freaked out. she's like, you want to get me in jail? You know, like, you know, so. Um, and whereas Mike has like a uh, Hank Pym to root for, like I'm kind of, I kind of root for uh Quick Quicksilver. Cause I've always liked Quicksilver. And, you know, anytime they like trying to mess with him and, you know, make him kind of evil or kind of shady, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Like, don't, don't mess with him too much. Don't make him too evil. You're like, that's, and- that's Luna's daddy, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they really did douchebag him up in Son of M. That was just, God. He was yeah. all kinds of weird. Yeah. He, he, that was the, he wasn't evil. He was just weird. <laughs> was like, I'm going to make you a perfect mutant. And the guy's like, my intestines are on the outside of my stomach now. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I thought a, uh, an interesting character, you know, like side story was, you know, him teaching what it's like to, you know, be led by someone like a Magneto who was, you know, like a terrorist and, you know, yeah. like has the personality that like he can get you to do kind of whatever he wants just by like talking you into it. I thought that was kind of a, a nice little look inside like – you know, some of those, like, inner workings, and, you know, it was nice when uh, he, he got caught actually referring to Magneto as his father. I thought that was a nice little slip-up that he got caught in. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm really glad I checked out the series. I wish I would checked it out, you know, back when Mike first recommended it to me. I, I actually, I, I got your back on the whole, like, being weary, you know, because I'm, I'm a, you know, you know me, I'm a crack fiend for comics. I'm an old old comic reader or whatever so I, I have your back on the whole like oh it's new it's weird you know like i don't know if i want to invest in this new thing but you know i i think it you know sometimes it, like it's a it's a give and take you know and there's sometimes the new things can be really awesome and you know oftentimes you can get burned by new things but uh you know to me it's like i remember you know thinking the same thing about books like the thunderbolts where you're like oh i don't know if i want to buy into some 
new lame superhero team that's not the <laughs> Avengers, you know, and then you find out the twist that they're villains and Busek writes a really great story where they're the masters of evil. And, you know, so it's like, then, you know, I ended up, I, I think I bought like the second or third issue and went, what? You know, and I was like, this is awesome. And read like, you know, went and bought all the issues or whatever. And, you know, uh, I, I'd say the same thing about uh, the new X-Men Academy. I remember when the books were being released I, um, you know, I was kind of like, what? Another X-Men book? Like, X-Men's complicated enough as it is. I just want to read the fucking Hidden Years. Fuck all this shit, you know? <laughs> and I wasn't like, fuck all this other stuff, you know? And then uh, and then eventually, like, I was, you know, I was kind of looking for something new to read. And, you know, I started reading the, the new uh, Academy uh, T, you know, trade paperbacks or whatever. And, you know, other than, like, the House of M crap, I was like, this is this is pretty awesome. Like, I really enjoyed these kids and everything. And, you know, eventually, if I if I ever read any, you know, modern day X-Men books, like I know, you know, when we did the the review on um, what was it? The the, the second coming, second coming, you know, it's like when you when you start reading those books, you're like, oh, now I know who Elixir is and where he came from. Or I know who Hellion is. And like now, like all these guys are like secondhand nature to me, even even though I don't care for the like Wolverine and the X-Men TV series. It was like, oh, I noticed that, you know, Yost and uh, and them, you know, they put all their babies, you know, in the cartoon, you know, from like the new X-Men Academy days. And it was nice to read that you know, story with all the kids in it and, and kind of get to know them and stuff. And, you know, uh, they become part of your lexicon, you know, and it's kind of cool that way. And I, I feel the same way about Avengers Academy. But I, I understand your hesitation, too, because then you got stuff like, you know, the Young Allies or something where you're kind of like, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not a big fan of that book. And and it's like, you know, there, there there's equally going to be, you know, for every... For every cool book like uh, Avengers Academy or, or New X-Men Academy or, you know, Thunderbolts, you know, you're going to have books like, you know, The New Guardians or, you know, uh, you know, Young Allies or, you know, like stuff like that where you're just kind of like, oh, I'm not feeling this, you know, so I, I got you back with that. Yeah, I think uh, just for one of my favorite younger characters, <clears throat> even, though, even though you called her a bitch, which she is, I actually kind of like Finesse. Because do you guys remember Generation X or even uh, X Factor? Remember Monet? M? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She kind of strikes that same vibe with me. She's like really arrogant in a way, you know. She's like very, you know, I got my shit together. I'm, 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 I'm I can do anything I can see, you know. They, they, they even had that little Taskmaster uh, subplot for a second, you know, where she like thought it might be his dad, her dad, and stuff. Yeah. But like. You could tell that she's got issues, and I kind of like that. I like the idea of, you know, the bitch who – it reminds me a lot of Buffy, you know, how, like, Cordelia was, like, you know, hmm. super bitch. But there, yeah. there was something going on underneath the surface yeah. where it was like, she's not perfect. So that's kind of why I like her. Also, she that, is kind of a badass. I was going to say, that's another issue I like when she fights Taskmaster because she thinks, like, he he might be her dad. And he's like, you know, he's like, uh, all your I've seen all your moves before. You kids, if it's not on YouTube, it doesn't exist. You know? <laughs> he's like, why, did, why don't you go check, like, go to some library and check out these newsreels, you know, and watch, like, uh, Captain America and Bucky in action in the 40s, you know? Yeah, that's that's one thing I really liked about like ever since I would say ever since Civil War, they've done an excellent job of making Taskmaster just this really 
fucking awesome villain. I, I just yeah, love I'm, him. I'm, I'm happy. Like, there was a point in time where, you know, they, uh, I guess I call him the, like, the anime taskmaster or whatever, but where I was kind of, like, <laughs> disappointed with, with how they had been handling him. But, but yeah, since, uh, especially since the initiative, like, he's been, he's been once again sort of, uh, I guess kind of like the same way Avengers Academy is restoring guys like Speedball and Quicksilver and guys like that to their former glory, you know, in the same way. I think the initiative and, and, and even his appearance in this uh, uh, comic series, you know, kind of restored Taskmaster to his previous heights, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I mean, for lack of a better word, he, you know, he, he really is the the living personification of anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> Well, he's got his his cross media appearance in Marvel versus Capcom three now, so Woo! you know, Abel <laughs> Hawkeye. Aim Wait, Hawkeye. Yeah, he's is you just got to do the Brook. I got to do the Brooklyn like Stephen Bloom uh, <laughs> voice. Like, it looks like Tony Stack needs a bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, even though uh, we we've hit a lot of like stuff we really do like. I, I, I like I said I I'm not quite up to date. I, the only thing I know about the twenty is because I did do a little bit of research on a uh, wiki. I read up to about oh gosh, I got a good chunk into it, but I, I'm not on the newest issue because it's I don't yeah I didn't get a chance to pick it up. But uh, <clears throat> um, is there anything you don't like about the series, or since it does seem to be getting pretty popular positive reviews from us, is there something that you would wish they would tweak? I, 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 I gagged when I saw like all the Avengers like show up, but that was <laughs> no when they when they're fighting Korvac. Let me let me explain. I I just it was just one of those things where like you know it's it's the new Avengers and then the Avenger Avengers and whatever. And I was like, oh, they're <laughs> fighting Korvac, who's like this unstoppable you know omnipotent god. And I'm kind of like, oh yeah, okay, it makes sense. Like Thor threw his hammer, he's gonna like lay some smack down, you know, whatever. But then I kind of like looking around and I was like, dude, what's, what's Luke Cage and Mockingbird going to do to Korvac? Like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny because <laughs> some of them, like you just look around and you're like, wait, you guys are Avengers. I'm like the only people there that stand a chance are like Ben Grimm and, and, uh, Iron Man and Thor. I'm like, the rest of you guys should just turn around and like stay the fuck out of their way. I, you know? I did. I did like that speedball, like got a good hit yeah, in, in on yeah, court. Yeah. Korvac, that was kind of cool. He was like, "Hey, I'm a Ditko creation," you know. <laughs> <laughs> I Ditkoed you, yeah. It was just a little side note. They they actually did that a lot of times in New Warriors. They they keep hinting that Speedball's power is actually pretty damn impressive if he can figure out how to use it right, which he's had issues with in the past. <laughs> well, I think especially like the way they like the even though it's not our, our maybe I would I'm speaking for all of us, but. Even though it's not my favorite time in uh, in Speedball's history being Penance, it's like uh, there he was definitely, you know, since he was all emo and quote-unquote badass, you know, it's like he was he was clearly a force to be reckoned with, you know, one way or the other. So I think, you know, people were less inclined to uh, underestimate uh, Penance than they were Speedball, you know. And so, so it's the same kind of, you know, it's like he's still the same guy, though. You know what I mean? So it's not yeah. its not like when you see Speedball, you know, get to land a cool hit on Korvac. It's not like you're like, what? You know, it's more like you're just like, oh, yeah, this is like, you know, a any of those guys like Iceman or, you know, it's like, you have untapped potential. You know, you're going to go on this guy's ass in a minute <laughs> or whatever. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, something I was going to say is that uh, I was surprised that uh, this 
booked it and pull like what I call like a new title, uh, any new title tricks. And it's usually like, you know, you get, you get really interested in reading a new book with new characters and stuff. And then it's like, usually by issue six or 12 or 13, you know, they have to like mess with things, you know, like, oh, we're going to kill this character. We're going to write this character out. We're going to bring in some new characters that you're going to hate. And uh, Adventures Academy didn't really mess with its formula until like issue 20, the slightest issue. And I was pretty surprised by that and because uh, I kept, you know, kept waiting for certain characters to, you know, get wrote out or for somebody to go evil or, you know, somebody to get killed. Like I kept expecting like, you know, either Metal or Hazard to like, you know, uh, turn evil or get killed, especially when they were fighting uh, the powered up uh, Absorbing Man in Titana. Well, I, I think I agree with you on that, especially because the X-Books seem to do that a lot. And even even more kind of obscurely, I know Mike will agree with me on this, Transformers is really horrible about doing that. Well, they'll bring in a character and be like, here you go, we want you to care about him. And you're like, okay. And they're like, here's what he does. Okay, he's pretty cool. Second issue that he's in. Okay, we just killed him. What do you think? And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you just gave me something interesting, and then you just fucking killed it. So, yeah, I I actually was impressed by that, too. I mean, 20 issues is a pretty good run for, like, you know, any team to, like, kind of establish themselves. And, like, even then, 20 didn't, like, destroy the team. Just a few small tweaks, which I won't spoil. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty cool. I was going to say, X-Men fans should take note uh, that X-23 is going to be joining the cast, like, in a couple issues. I was just about to say that. I was like, sorry about the spoilers, but uh, just to let you know... Wolver Chick is coming in in, I think, 23, issue 23. Snickety, snickety, snarl! Yep. Snick, snick, foot snick, foot snick. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess I like Laura better than I like uh, Wolverine anyway, so. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, X-23 is still a bone of contention with me because, I don't know. I know it's a marketing gimmick, but... But, but Tony, it's Wolverine... But if he was a teenage girl, hey, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off legions of fans, including Tony. But but X23 is the same thing as Harley Quinn. So you got a problem with X23, you gotta have a problem with Harley. Ooh, burn! <laughs> is, is, is X23 voiced by Arlene Sorkin? Uh, I don't know who she's voiced by. Some Canadian chick. It's probably somebody cool from the Ocean Group that I don't even know. <laughs> well, in that case, that's that's, that's whatever you say, Mister L. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for her to call him Puddin. <laughs> oh, Wolby Puddin. <laughs> they can start a whole subplot where Wolverine guts her every now and then, and she's like, "It's okay. I deserved it." <laughs> well, she can heal, so it's okay. See, it's not it's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's well, not yeah. sick and twisted. They just they hey, and, and Mark Mark Hamill did voice Wolverine once upon a yeah, yeah, he did. He's like he's like wakey wakey, Laura. <laughs> We're just getting creepy now. Um, <laughs> but I, I I do think we should probably move on to some other topics. But I will give you guys any kind of wrap up thoughts you want to have on. Uh, the comic. I'll, I'll say this right now. I had no idea about it. I read uh, the initiative, which I did like a lot of the teen characters in that, and I thought it was pretty good. And I really wasn't really sure about this, but due to the fact that we had to kind of catch up on it for this uh, week's topic, I did read you know more than a few issues. And yeah, it's good comics. I mean, I wish I could go more into depth and like you know 
pontificate about how much I was impressed, but no, it's just good fucking comic books. So even a two year old would like Avengers Academy. Yeah, it's a great it's a great book. I, I enjoy Christmas Gage, so I, I heartily recommend it. There you go for for the fan holes on tonight. Avengers Academy gets oh fuck it, just go read it. You don't need a damn rating. This calls for action to the extreme. Neon talking Super Street Bad Luge. Activate. Let's get low and let's go. We are going to move along, though. Um, we haven't do, done a lot of toy talk in a while, so we thought we'd kind of hit back on this, get back into our roots a little bit. Um, even though some of us have strayed from the collecting genre, uh, all of us have collected toys at one time or another, so we still have affinity for it. Most of us still do collect toys. Uh, the, to- the toy line franchise idea is interesting. Usually a toy is thought up first, then gets a cartoon or maybe a movie. Very rarely a movie. It's usually a cartoon. Uh, Sometimes the franchises are not really set in stone. You'll get a cartoon or a comic or a movie or whatnot, and it doesn't have a toy line in mind at all. And sometimes they do come up with one later on, but sometimes there's just those shows or ideas that just never get made into those wonderful little pieces of plastic that we like to collect. And that's pretty much what we're going to talk about now. So let's just talk about toy lines that never got made that should have been made. I'm going to start off with the deeply in thought kitty cat, Justin. <laughs> What's a toy yeah. line that you really wish would have happened? Um, meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. He wants beef, he wants liver. Meow mix, please deliver. Send the meow mix paycheck to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. Well, I was, when I was giving this, uh, Topic some thought. I uh, thought of a, a property, and doing some research, I couldn't believe that it hasn't had any proper action figures in its in the whole you know lifetime of its of its existence. Especially since it's an old property, um, they've had like some statues, like some little um, uh, bendy figures. I remember seeing those when I was a kid, but. Um, Believe it or not, there have never been any action figures with uh, any of the characters from Archie Comics, as far as I know. Huh. Um, huh. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it either. So I did some research, and I didn't see any like proper action figures. You know, there's like statues and bobbleheads and stuff like that, um, but no no action figures. And that just seems really weird to me because I would I would like to have action figures of you know Archie Jughead. Betty, Veronica, you know, Sabrina, even, you know, I would love Josie and the Pussycats. Like, I, I enjoyed Josie and the Pussycats and uh, the live-action movie as well. Yeah, you. that would be kind of cool to have a whole, like, I guess the way that, that some people collect, uh, you know, Simpsons figures, you know, like, to have, like, yeah. a whole, you know, how they have, like, you know, people collect, like, the whole town of Springfield, you know, you could collect, like, the whole town of, of Riverdale, you know, and have all those all those cats and guys and gals, you know? Yeah, like, I think it would be really cool if they did something like that, like back when Playmates had the Simpsons license, and, you know, you could yeah. you could have, like, a Betty, Veronica, Archie, of like, you know, the diner, you know, they're all having, like, a milkshake or something, you know, like like you'd see on a cover. 
You know what would be cool is if they did like the I I because I you know I'm partial to the whole superhero thing, but if they did the whole you know Captain Jughead version of of Jughead <laughs> and like they did like you know um, or, or they did uh, Punisher in the Archie verse for that one shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that actually would be really cool. They could even do like uh, Derek mentioned the Simpsons, like for certain figures, especially like uh, the Archie's band. They could have, like, little bases, like, when you plug them in, you know, they could sing, like, Sugar Sugar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of neat, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you, you could do just, like, little variant sets or whatever, like, you know, they had the recent, you know, Archie marries Betty, Archie marries Veronica. They could have, like, a wedding Archie and Betty or something like that would be even kind of neat. Yeah, because I, I think, and uh, again, to bring up the Simpsons thing, uh, it was also really popular. I know some of you guys were into toy collecting pretty heavy at one time, and... uh the, the Muppets had a line from Palisades that was really popular for a little while. I mean, everybody was yeah. buying them like crazy. And, yeah, there, there there may not seem to be a lot of Archie fans out there, but trust me, there there is definitely a fan base, I think, that would really totally get into that. No, I would get into it. I'm I'm not a diehard Archie fan. Like, I read a lot of Archie comics, uh, you know, as a kid and growing up and stuff, and, like, I, I hadn't read anything until I read the, you know, the Archie Mary's so-and-so series like I, I read that a while back and really enjoyed it but i mean if, if i was at a comic book store or wherever and saw an action figure of you know any of those guys i would probably be probably pick those up with you know with no hesitation yeah yeah exactly um excellent choice very very well thought out um i'm going to go over to i'm actually going to go to the fan hole who does not co- currently collect any toy line um he's been very generous about offering his opinions when uh we do uh pit him to the wall, but uh, Derek, let's just say you came out of your non-toy collecting cave, you're like, I'm going to buy a figure. What what toy line would you actually be like, fuck, I want to buy that? Well, see, I, I, I guess I kind of misunderstood the question in a way, because what, basically what I picked was kind of like the toy that I always wanted that never got made, and and I, I could apply it to any figure line. It would probably <laughs> end up being either uh, the Mattel DC Universe or maybe DC direct, but I would probably prefer it to be, even though I don't, even though I don't collect either line, I would probably prefer it to be the Mattel, uh, DC universe. Cause I think those look cool and they have articulation as well. Like they, you know, it's a cool scope, but with also with cool articulation, whereas the, the DC direct figures, like I remember buying, uh, Alan Scott green lantern and it just felt kind of, it was cool, but it felt kind of stiff to me, I guess, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, that, that's just kind of my take on it. But, um, I always wanted uh, Gladiator Superman, the one from Action Comics Annual 2, you know, that George Perez did when he, they they sort of redid the whole, the first time he fought with Mongol post-crisis. And so, you know, they basically rip off Spartacus and he's on War World and, you know, that's where he kind of goes, you know, my name is Superman Tyrant and I don't kill, you know, and he (laughs) does the whole fucking thing and, and, you know, uh, Draga, you know, kind of, you know, starts wearing Superman's shirt after that and all that stuff. But basically, you know, Superman has a big old kind of Hercules beard. He's got a, a red bandana and he's got like this gold kind of armor. You know, he, lo- he looks very much like Hercules, but what he does is he takes his tattered uh, red cape and sort of places that over the, you know, kind of uh, diagonally over the gold armor and stuff like that. And I remember reading that like I back then when that comic came out, the only frame of reference I had for DC action figures, which is, I guess, what I always judge DC action figures by, was the Kenner's 
superpower line. And so I, whenever I thought of action figures, I always imagined them as superpowers figures. So, you know, either you could say, like, it'd be really neat to have it as a, you know, a, a Mattel DC Universe action figure, you know, variation of Superman. Or, you know, if I had my dithers and I had, like, magic Q powers, I would just, like, <laughs> make them keep making superpowers figures, like, forever of, like, every single DC character. You know, I would just kind of use my, you know, use my snap, my magic snap to be like, and and they'd keep making, you know, more and more superpowers figures of everybody, you know, in the DC universe. Yeah, I, if it helps, Alex Ross would totally support you in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, the funny thing is, is like even though it's a joke, he actually does have a complete collection of all the superpowers toys ever made in like a glass Lexan case. It was in Toy Fair one time. I think I think I, I remember John Byrne has like all those toys too, but I don't think they're in a glass case because I remember this funny story where like I guess some friend of his came over and their child was playing with the Aquaman, and then it was basically like it was like this really awful thing. Like I think he was like. What the hell is your kid doing with my Aquaman? <laughs> you know, like it was something like that. Like that was kind of like the punchline of the whole story. And it was just like, dude, chill out, John Byrne. Like he's like, don't mess with my Aquaman. You know, <laughs> like dude, it's just a kid. Like it's okay. It's just an Aquaman toy. <laughs> chill out, man. Chill out, bro. <laughs> it's like it's cool. it's cool. John Byrne murders child over Aquaman toy. <laughs> He's like, stop messing with the trident. You're I was about to say, he lost the trident. <laughs> you ripped off his hand. Uh, he doesn't do his little thing where he puts his head. Wait, what now, did he now, have? Now, he's, swimming now he's 90s accurate. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. John Byrne. Insane psycho. Oh, man. What about you, Mike? What's, what's a toy line? Or just a toy. I mean... I mean, Derek, you didn't under, you didn't misunderstand. I mean, it can be just a single figure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, what's just like a toy or toy line that just never got made that you really wanted to see? Oh well, yeah, like Derek, uh, I could say there are plenty of like individual like characters and figures of like in Transformers or Marvel Legends that they haven't made yet that I would love for them to make. I mean, and they might eventually make, you know. Um, like I listed like just a handful of Marvel Legends like Citizen V or a Phil Urich Green Goblin or Death's Head. I'd love to have a Marvel Legend of any of those and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Transformers, like I'd love any, any, any kind, like I got my sort of like, you know, I got a Thunderwing figure last year, but it's not the best, but I'm still like like shocked beyond words that they actually made a new one so that was pretty cool but i wouldn't mind like a like ultra or leader sized like you know thunderwing toy like a bigger vision maybe yeah based on the stormbringer design that would be awesome but um i would i like uh playing like within the rules i guess though uh the 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 uh property i picked that has never gotten as far as i know um a toy line and it might have stuck around longer if it had gotten a toy line we've discussed this is uh symbiotic titan um yeah. for hmm. some reason yeah like i don't know if it, a toy line was never planned or it never materialized but you know i guess that's why like the show was canceled because like to companies hmm. were like yeah hey, we can't make any more money off this but did, you know did samurai jack have a toy line yeah oh did. okay yeah, I wouldn't I was, really like I, a I, I toy was line, about, but there was figures. What about yeah. like what about like Dexter? Did Dexter have a toy line? Yeah, he actually had a couple figures. Oh, made. okay. 
See, that's weird. Then I wonder why they didn't bother to make a. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you would think you would think. Uh, I mean, I know I know Dexter and Samurai Jack were popular, but you'd think. Uh, what, what's the word Joel Schumacher uses? You'd think that the Titan from Symbiotic Titan would be more toyetic than yeah. than um, than Dexter, you know, or, or yeah. his sister and stuff, you know. Yeah, like the Titan. Yeah, like all the little mecha they use, you know, all the monsters they fight. Yeah, you, you know, the, yeah, the purple soldier robot that Lance turns into. Yeah, you think yeah. there'd be like ripe for possibilities for action figures there, but you know, I guess not. I mean, I'd even buy like an Octus action figure, yeah. even if it was like you know, if it was the human form, it <laughs> just <say> looks <laughs> a big square fat guy. You know, <laughs> I think that as long as he has a sound chip, it sounds like Brian Posehn. <laughs> yeah. That, they, that would be awesome. They they should just make him like a Transformers pretender since he already is a big square. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just pull off his two sides like a little babushka or something, and then all of a sudden he's like uh, uh, Octus, you know, alien. I am Octus, yeah. How <laughs> you yeah. doing? It's too bad, though, yeah. Like, like I said, like, it's like, see, I can't figure it out. If they never planned a toy line or, like, they couldn't, you know, there wasn't the money or like, it, like it's like what the chicken or the egg, like with it, was it like, was it always like, why would they make the cartoon in the first place if they didn't have some way to like market, you know, stuff with it, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I've heard before, and this is like <clears throat> nothing that should be expounded upon as like fact, but I've heard that, uh, Andy Tartakovsky or tartar sauce, as Mike calls them, um, <laughs> tartar sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Cartoon Network have a very odd relationship. Like, Cartoon Network knows that he's talented, and he's done a lot of shows that have been very popular. But apparently, they butt heads a lot. Apparently, he likes to do certain things and stuff. And I, I kind of think Symbiotic Titan may have been, like I said, this is just conjecture. I think it was one of those shows that they were, like, into, but at the same time, they were like, all right, we kind of pissed them off with some of the stuff we've done lately, so... You get to do this show, we're going to let you run with it, but you only get so many episodes. Or, you know, it's always going to be on the hook if it doesn't do well. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just cannot understand. It, it does kind of seem like his, his firefly, you know, like his, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like something he was totally into, because, yeah, it mixed everything. <clears throat> like, big robots, teen inks, everything. But, I mean, I mean, in terms of with, with Cartoon Network, you know, kind of like how Fox and Whedon, you know, they always seem to make these shows, uh, you know, like, Whedon seems to make shows for Fox that get canned pretty quickly, and it seems yeah. like, you know, this, this was kind of like Tartakovsky's turn to, like, go through that with the network. Because it doesn't, you know, it seems like the previous series we're talking about, you know, whether it's... You know, Clone Wars, obviously, Star Wars was very successful and then, and was, you know, finite, you know, but, but Dexter and, and Samurai Jack, you know, they, they had pretty full runs, you know, and, and like yeah. you guys were saying, they had toy lines and all kinds of stuff, so. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, Symbiotic Titan is just going to be one of those shows that like, we'll just go down to history with a giant, what the fuck happened on it, you know? Yeah. Why, why did this not go anywhere? Anyway, but. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that does tend to happen with shit that's good, um, <laughs> for lack of a better explanation. <clears throat> I guess it's it's up to me now to go into my little toyetic rants, as I'm probably one of the bigger toy collectors on the panels cast. Um, this was actually kind of hard for me, 
because I was thinking of all these different toy lines that could have been made or should have been made or not made or what or who or what. And really, it kind of boiled down to... Turbo Team. What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a plush doll. You throw water on it, it turns into a car. <laughs> now, I was going to say, like, you, you have extensive uh, toy and cartoon knowledge, so I'm, I'm curious to see what you picked as well. Um, This is probably going to be – it'll probably, like, kind of confuse people a little bit. But at the same time, I think for me it, – it, like I said, it's a toy line I want to see. It's one of the ones that, like, when I think of cool toys, it's something I would really get into. And Tony. this is actually, yeah, no, no, I'm building it up, but it's going to be awesome. Um, it's actually not based on a cartoon, believe it or not. It's <laughs> Night Stalkers because they've done Street Fighter toys and all that stuff. But I really want to see Night Stalkers. I like a lot of the designs in that game. You mean like the mm. Dark Stalkers? Dark Stalkers, sorry. Dark Stalkers, yeah, because it was really cool because they had like the Red Riding Hood character with the Uzis and like the big mummy. And I, even uh, had a car- had a cartoon for like a few minutes, didn't it? They're they're extremely expensive now, but this is before I stopped collecting toys. But I did have one of my favorite Captain America figures that I used to own was from a Capcom versus Marvel two pack, and mm-hmm. that actually had Morrigan as the really the second yeah. two pack. What's interesting about it is I bought it for Morrigan because she's my my favorite Darkstalker, <laughs> but. Ooh, Secret Brothers. Secret Brothers. <laughs> um, it turned out, you know, who doesn't love an Irish vampire with uh, with ob- objectifiable uh, boobies? <laughs> um, but but um, the um, the Captain America figure actually accidentally turned out to be like one of my favorite you know, toys that I ever had of Captain America. Cause to be honest, it was like, you know, you had the secret wars cap and I was like, Oh, motherfucker doesn't even have a real shield, you know, cause he's got the little holographic things. And so I, I remember I had my mom, like she used to make these little felt like sort of shirts for me for like different characters. So like she made a Dr. Doom cape and a little like sort of over cloak with, and she sewed on these two, you know, gold buttons for like his cape and everything. So like he looked more like, Doctor Doom and like with the the Captain America, it's like she took a piece of felt that was like red, and then we sort of stitched some some white on it, and then we had a little like one of those kind of little, I don't know, like for clothing, you know, it was like a little star that she sewed into it, you know, and so that was like the, my temporary shield for that toy or whatever. But eventually, like you know, it's like I think the next Captain America toy was like from that Spider-Man TV show, and it was like the Electro line, so they all had mm-hmm. to fucking spark like assholes. <laughs> so Captain America's shield basically looked like a fucking Reese's Pieces buttercup, <laughs> and it sparked like electric fucking crap. Yeah. Wasn't, that was like I, Captain America, like all Todd, Mc, I know Rob Liefeld. Yeah, he was like he was yeah. like huge, and he had like big blonde eyebrows that were the size mm-hmm. of my fucking fists. And like, it was just like, it was just the, you know, and of course I bought it, but like, I was like, Oh, this is the most horrible fucking <laughs> figure. Like, why can't they just make a real good one? But I guess my, my build up to all that is the, the one that came with the, the, the Morrigan who is a dark stalker. And I, it wasn't a dark stalkers line, but since she was you know part of Marvel versus Capcom and probably one of the only dark stalkers that was in that, video game series on a regular basis. Like, I, I bought that. And the Captain America figure was great. His shield was awesome. 
awesome and he had like great um great articulation and everything like his his you could point and flex his feet and like it was pretty since awesome. it was uh since it was a game two pack was he done more in like the uh, Capcom animation style? yeah 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 he looked he looked pretty you know not not super anime mongerific but like there was that you know that tone to it you know where it, yeah. he he had you know his his mask was kind of a little angular you know ish but like i i thought it was a great figure i mean he was clearly buff he was clearly big you know like compared to morrigan you know he was like at least you know uh, except uh, probably his chest yeah a foot bigger than him, <laughs> whatever you know like so but um but yeah i just thought i'd throw that out there no, oh, cool. Yeah, I definitely, definitely want to pick that up. Probably. Yeah, I just—they were just such weird I think, characters. Cause, I, I was just yeah. gonna say, I think they're like ridiculously expensive now. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, for an honorable mention, uh, this one doesn't need a whole lot of hype because I don't even know if some of you guys even know what I'm talking about. But I actually always wanted because I like steampunk kind of stuff. I always wanted a Warhammer 40k toy line. See, no one knows. Um, <laughs> Warhammer 40. Video game? It's 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 it was based off a it's based off a tabletop game. It's like a role playing game, and it really is. It's very European, and I've always kind of had a soft spot for their design aesthetic for uh, machines of war and stuff. They're like big clunky armor with rivets and big ass fucking guns, and they just look really burly and just you know. <clears throat> I just like the mecha design because. It takes away from, like, the Japanese design. Instead of, like, being, you know, like, everything angular, everything super efficient. These are, like, you know, not very efficient, but it'll kick your ass. I don't know. You should look up some uh, some of the, like, look up, like, Terminator armor or uh, Space Marines, like, Warhammer 40K. It's pretty cool-looking stuff. Um, they, do, they do a lot of, like, miniatures for us. It's a miniature game, too. But I wanted, like, fully articulated, like, just badass, big fucking lumbering guys. And, like, it, it's, it's armored that even Tony Stark would be like, shit kind of scared of you um <laughs> but yeah i i have weird uh tastes and toys uh sorry sorry no cartoon thing here i'll, I'll throw a good cartoon one out there for you a pup named scooby-doo just for a red herring action figure oh god i was going more with the aesthetics of the actual toy instead of just like a cartoon but yeah yeah a weird choice i admit but you know Sometimes you gotta think outside the box. All good choices, though. Uh, it really toys are just what you want to see made. You know, that's pretty much all it is. Like whatever you think is cool, you know, you want to see it in 3D form that you can mess around with and pose on your shelf. So, yeah. Um, by the way, if anybody would like to send us ideas for toys or toy lines that they would have liked to have seen, um, send them to uh, fanholespodcast at uh, gmail dot com, and we'll gladly tell them on the air. We'll be like, hey, by the way, blah 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 said this. You know, well, he wants this as a toy. And if just you're for lucky, fun. If, if you're lucky, we might even customize a toy line. I myself would probably just make little paper cutouts and stuff and <laughs> claim it's a toy, but you never know. I've got like six cans of tomato soup in my uh, cupboard. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> ready I'm to just, customize. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna melt something. You boil, you boil that shit, and burning out the <laughs> flamethrower. We're gonna customize exacto knives and stuff. Hell make yeah, that's scrapes on the. Soup, I guess, or whatever. Four horsemen ain't got shit on us, man. The armor. It was empty, right? Empty? No, Gene Con. That armor was full of heart. It was kind of uptight and yelled at me. But that was the bravest robot I've ever met. <laughs> 
but uh, that's enough toy talk for right now. Um, <laughs> customs welcome. We won't make them. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move on to... Uh, this, this is actually ironically been a very superhero we kind of show tonight, even though it's a Franken show. We're going to move on to animation, though. This is a topic that I know Derek has been wanting to talk about. Mike as well. They're they're pretty big fans of the show. Teen uh, Tony, Iron Man Armored Adventures. Basically, it's Iron Man as a teenager, and he gets he got his Iron Man armor. He got to do stuff, and he got to win the girl. And no, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, it's really cool. It's it's a younger take on Tony Stark, obviously. And the nice thing I can say about it, just to start off is it's not pat- patronizing. It's not like you know. There's cool stuff thrown in, you know, cool in, you know, quotation marks, like, you know, he's got to, you know, be a teen. But it's not talking down to the audience, I don't think, anyway. That's what I got from it. What do you what do you guys think about uh, Armored Adventures? And I'll just start off with anybody. I'll go with, like, Derek. Why not? Okay. Uh, basically, uh, my my first impression when I, when I watched the show was, like, I was like, holy crap, Little Pepper is like Chloe <laughs> Sullivan on fucking speed. You know, like, I was just like, what is this all about? You know, it's like, Tony, what's going on? You know, and I was like, wow, this is crazy and stuff. But I mean, I think all the characters like really grow on you, you know, regardless of I, I think it has that stigma where people are like, what? Iron Man's a kid. What? You know, and so they kind of freak out and ignore it and turn it off. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of obligated to watch you know, comic book adaptations and shit, because that's kind of what I do, and, you know, and I, I was just, at first I was kind of basically trying to have fun figuring out who the villain was week to week, because all the character designs for most of the villains, and even some of the guest stars, they're they're quite uh, obscure and definitely a different take on what you'd be used to seeing. It's not like you can see the villain and go, oh, yeah, dude, that's the unicorn. Like, I totally know who that is. It's more like you kind of watch the episode and you go, who the fuck's that supposed to be? You know, and you kind of think about it. And, like, even if you know, like, the characters really well, it might. I, I would imagine even the, the most, you know... Uh, Adamant, you know, Iron Man fan out there might do a double take and kind of go, oh, I wonder who this guy's supposed to be this week. Because the the designs are a little kind of, you know, we're extreme and we're badass and stuff like that. But, um, you know, speaking of other positives, I think, like, I I enjoy the fact that when MODOK showed up, he was, you know, definitely a badass on the show. I think most times, like, even in Iron Man, like the, uh, the 90s series, he was kind of like a flunky to uh, the Mandarin. And, in the, you know, of course, in the Superhero Squad, it's kind of like him in Abomination or Rocksteady and Bebop and shit. You know, and not that that's a bad thing, but just that's kind of how they're portrayed. And it's kind of nice to see sort of the, the traditional comic Modoc where he's like, oh, I'm, a you know, uh, an organism designed for killing. You know, like that's that's what he does, you know. And so, like, it's kind of nice to see a scary kind of Modoc at least. And then um, as far as, like, the, the the villains and stuff, like, like Gene Khan, like, it's kind of cool because, like, I, like, I liked when Mike Grell did Iron Man. And so, like, Gene Khan was kind of, like, in that run of Iron Man. You know, he's kind of like the, you know, kung fu, you know, like, like, I remember there was a cool thing where, you know, it's like, I know it's kind of silly, but, you know, it's like he does his, like, super Dragon Ball Z kung fu on the Iron Man armor and stuff like that, and I just, I, I remember enjoying that run and his spiritualization of his fighting style and stuff like that, so even if it's, like, 
you know, I call it like Little Pepper or Teen Tony or whatever, even if it's like, you know, Mandarin Lad or whatever you want to call them, you know, it's like I still enjoy kind of watching the characters from week to week. And uh, along those lines, it's like Happy Hogan is the fucking shit, all right? Like, I love Happy Hogan. Like, Happy Hogan and Flash Thompson from Spectacular Spider-Man, they need to, like, just make a show about those two guys and, like, all the fucking hijinks they get into. Like, that, I would watch that every week because they're fucking... Break they're, they're fucking awesome. Like, so I, I love that. And and then I just want to say that I'm kind of impressed that it, it it's... It's currently airing now, you know, that it's got a second season and it's still airing because, you know, there were plenty of shows, you know, whether it's like the, the Fantastic Four show or uh, Wolverine and the X-Men or even Spectacular Spider-Man, you know, like the Spectacular Spider-Man had two seasons, but it only had like, what, 20 something episodes and then it got canceled. And, you know, these other two shows, Wolverine and the X-Men and Fantastic Four, you know, they had their 26 episodes, you know. There's some, you know, random press release. Oh, yeah, we're going to make a second season. And then nothing ever happens. And it kind of just dies and becomes, you know, in limbo and gets canceled or whatever. Like, once you, like, forgot about the show. But this, Iron Man, it, it was like over an hour of an hour, over a year long hiatus. Yeah, long. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I kind of like after a certain point, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, they, they announced there was going to be a second season. But like, I, I kind of didn't believe it. You know, I was kind of like, dude. It's been so long, like, they're not going to make a second season of this. This is just going to be, you know, like Wolverine and the X-Men or Fantastic Four. Like, they're not going to make a second season. It's just going to be the one the one show. I'm like, they released the DVD with all 26 episodes of the first season. Like, that's, I was like, that's it, man. But, uh, you know, here it is, and we got new episodes, and, you know, guys like Nick Fury and Doctor Doom and, you know, all kinds of guys are showing up on the show. So, I mean, if you're, if you're you know, into the Marvel Universe, you know, you'll you'll see cameos and guest stars, you know, whether it's from like the Hulk or Black Panther or, you know, even random references. There's plenty of characters in there, you know, that you'll enjoy. And and, you know, and then if you're a fan of Iron Man and you're a little weary of the whole Team Tony thing, I I'd say give it a shot because I think you'll be surprised. You know, I mean, the the, the writing is well done and it's pretty entertaining. I mean, I know I know Chris Yost did some of the stuff on it and he's the same guy who did you know, the same Marvel shows we've been seeing, Wolverine and the X-Men, which I don't care for too much, but he also did the Avengers uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which I think is pretty great. So, um, you know, I think there's definitely positive uh, things to be said about the tune, and, and I think people should give it a watch. Um, yeah, I, I will <clears throat> kind of back you up, but also, like, I will admit I'm not a huge fan of the show. I've watched uh, the first season. I haven't been able to get into the second season yet. And... Probably the only thing negative I would say is that it's just one of those shows that doesn't click for me. But the thing about that is the reason that's really not a negative. It's not the quality. It's got really good animation. Um, I like the designs. The characters aren't too bad. It's just some shows that you just don't get into for some reason. It's just it's it's always on the back burner in my brain. I don't know why. And it, like I said, you know. As far as that being my only negative, that's not really a negative. That's just personal taste. So I I can't go all fanboy and be like, oh, Teen Tony, rawr. Because, like, after the first or second episode, you, you get over Teen Tony. You get over the fact that he's a teenager. You're like, yeah, fuck it, he's a teenager, whatever. Let's just, you know, go with the ride. But, yeah, it's just one of those shows that didn't click for me. But at the same time, like I said, I will back you up on the fact that I can't see how it could suck you in. Because I, I think one of my favorite episodes from the first season was the Blizzard episode 
just because it's not like a standout episode or anything like that, but when I saw Blizzard, I'm used to him being a guy in tights who's kind of a loser. And in that episode, he had, like, fucking mecha super armor, and he was... Yeah, he was just going nuts, and he was freezing everything, and he actually pushed Tony to the limit, which was one of the reasons why I liked that episode, because I was like, oh, hey, they, they made a, you know, kind of a Mort character in the comics pretty badass, so... Yeah, for me, it's not my cup of tea, but again, it's nothing against the show itself. It's just just personal preference, just really what you get into and what you don't get into. Like, I really like Batman Brave of the Bold. I was a fan of that since the first episode, and I know a lot of you guys enjoy it now, but there was a big backlash at first. They were like, Batman can't be lighthearted, brarg! And it just it really is what floats your boat. Batman Brave of the Bold was good from the get-go maybe if i watched uh season two of teen tony i'll get even more into it and actually grow to appreciate the quality but as far as it being a bad show i can honestly say it's not a bad show just not something that really strikes a chord with me right now maybe i need to see some of the newer episodes so that's, that's pretty much my thoughts on it um what about what about you Justin? i'm gonna go to you real quick because i know mike's seen a lot of it i don't know if you've really caught up with them or have you had a chance to catch up on uh armored adventures yeah, I've seen several episodes, and I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. It's just like it, it's not bad, but it just doesn't really click for me. Um, the reason I stayed away from it for so long is because of the fact that you know it is Teen Tony. I was just when I when I heard that announced, it's like oh, it's Teen Iron Man having adventures. I was like, uh, no, I'm not gonna sign on for this one. Um, because I guess somewhere in the back of my head, I'm thinking of like you know. The post-crossing era teen Iron Man in the comics, but you know it. It's, it does stay with you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it does stay with you. But this this uh, cartoon is nothing at all like that. It's just you know teen Iron Man having adventures or whatever. But yeah, wasp wasp isn't really a wasp. We haven't, even, we, haven't even, we haven't even seen wasp, so it's cool. You know. Yeah, teen Tony has nothing to do with the cross. Yeah, cross. Yeah, that, that's yeah, moot. It doesn't it doesn't apply. <laughs> Um, but like where I know, you know, Derek's talked about there's some things in Smallville where it's like doesn't really process because he's such a, a huge Superman fan and it like, you know, stuff wants to make his head explode, but he just got over it. So like I'm watching the episode with uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow and I'm like, wait, they're they look like they're adults, but Tony's a teenager and wow, well, uh, you know, head explosion. <laughs> um that, that being said, I really did enjoy that episode, and I, I appreciate that it's a different take on those two characters as opposed to what we see in uh, the Avengers cartoon or Smarty Heroes, you know, because you have the the uh, ultimate Hawkeye in Teen Tony, and then you have you know the traditional six one six in Avengers, and then the Black Widow of Teen Tony is you know. Similar but different from the one in the Avengers as well. Yeah. Wait till they get to the third season of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It's going to be like Ultimate Hawkeye, baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck a mask. (laughs) They're going to go back in time and go to when Tony was a teenager. Yeah. No. Um. There. You know. There were some other episodes I really liked. I thought the Doctor Doom episode was pretty good. Um, Mike has said this on the board, and it's you know it's kind of like some of the translations of Doctor Doom from comic page to cartoon are oh, yeah. not that good. Um, th- this one was pretty good. It, it still didn't really click for me, but it was better than some of the other versions. Um, the Black Panther episode was it was it was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I watched the Hulk episode uh, earlier today, and I thought it was pretty good, though. 
I don't know, this CGI Hawks, the, the CGI Hulk seemed kind of off to me, but it was still a fun episode, just seeing Hulk, you know, beat up on Iron Man. But, um, yeah, kind of like you, Tony, not a bad show. It just doesn't quite click for me. Maybe I just need to watch a few more episodes to get into it. Yeah, it's, it's not really a negative, like, you know, perspective. It's just, yeah, just some shit doesn't flip with you sometimes. You know, you're just like, you can't really pick out what's bad. You're just like, doesn't work for me. You know, it just happens sometimes. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. To move on, though, yeah, the Secret Brothers this week, me and me and Justin are just kind of, eh, okay, um, on our armored adventures. <clears throat> what about you, Mike? I know you've seen probably about as many episodes as Derek. What, what do you think about uh, the show? Yeah, I, re- I really enjoy it. Um, as you guys have been mentioning, there's like two hurdles you have to like get past to like like this sh- get into this show, and like the first hurdle is if like you're just familiar with like Iron Man the movies, and you're like, what? You know, Tony <laughs> Stark's a kid. What the hell is this crap? Yeah. And then if you're a comic fan and you're familiar with the comics, then you have to get past the, you know, the 90s teen Tony hurdle where you're like, what? Is this a reference <laughs> to the to the crossing? What the fuck, man? You know, <laughs> but, you know, one, once you get past those two hurdles, though, you'll find it's a pretty, you know, entertaining and well-written show. But, you know, that seems to be the problem with the, like, you know, a lot of people are like, we know people on like the bot talk board who just write the show off completely just because you know teen tony what you know yeah to lame zors yeah there's even been people where they've been like oh should i be watching this you know and i kind of joke about it where i I think i started the thread where i was like you know this is just for me and mike this thread it's like it's not for (laughs) anybody else but what was funny was you know that some of the people came back and went oh yeah i did watch this it wasn't that bad so it's like i think you know it, it just depends on the person but yeah they they definitely you know that that is you're accurate at least in that there are hurdles to be overcome you know from for my part yeah i was very apprehensive too at first like i watched like the first or the second episode and i was like eh, you know i i didn't hate it but i was like this is kind of like a, i got the same feeling as when i watched like you know the fantastic the, the last fantastic four cartoon where i was like this is kind of just generic really i don't think i'm gonna follow this but um, actually, what got me back in was Derek actually mentioned, you know, hey, dude, you know, the the Fixer showed up on on Teen Tony, and I was like, oh, the Fixer, he's on, th- he's a Thunderbolts character. Now I gotta watch this, you know, <laughs> and you know, you know, uh, the Thunderbolts to me is what you know New Warriors is to Brian, so you know, I gotta like tune in for a reference to Thunderbolts. Mister so. Fix. Yeah, they, I guess they, for some reason they call him Mr. Fix, but, you know, whatever. You know, it was clearly, you know, the fixer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and after that, like, I, I, you know, I ended up liking it, and I ended up following it, like, regularly after that. So, you know, it, it's, uh, I like, like, all the support. Like, there's no character I really, like, super, like, am annoyed by. Like, you think, like, someone like Pepper or, you know, uh, <laughs> little uh, Chloe Sullivan on speed, you know, is there. <laughs> um you think you'd be really annoyed by her, but I actually, I think she's funny, yeah, you know. Yeah, she's pretty entertaining. And, like, I like Rhodey and, you know, Happy, and even, you know, Kid Mandarin is pretty cool, you know, in his own way, you know. Um, the only thing I'm a little creeped out by, and I always get creeped out by this, like, 
is that uh, Whitney Frost is Obadiah Stane's oh, daughter yeah, yeah, yeah. in this show. And like, <laughs> I whenever I think of that, all I go back to is you know, in the comics, like right before Obadiah Stane died, like him and Madame Mask had like a partnership, and they were clearly you know boinking each other. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a little weird. But you know, other than that, you know, um, I gotta say my favorite my favorite moment in the whole show is in the Hulk episode where, like, um, Tony's just working in his lab and he gets a call from Pepper and she's, like, panicking. And he's like, oh, Pepper, the Hulk doesn't exist. <laughs> and, like, and he's like, what, you want to send me a picture? Okay. And, like, the picture is, like, Pepper, like, pointing panicked at, like, the Hulk in the background. Yeah, that was Tony's good. like, oh, oh, yeah. But that I, I was laughing my ass off at that. But, uh... <laughs> What do you call it? the 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 show is yeah solid all around like um this this second season yeah it's like there was a string there's been a string of like three or four great episodes where like something like really major happened like in every single episode and like you know it's not just like there's there's an ongoing plot of um the ghost knows like Tony's identity now so he's gonna like reveal it in a year when Tony turns eighteen so like Tony has to work against that. And, you know, there's a lot of plot points, like, you know, all, all the teen drama and all that. There's, like, a sort of, um... You got, you got just, like, Justin Hammer trying to do his Project Titanium stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, like, there's, there's sort of, like, an undertone between, like, Pepper and Tony. Like, they might be into each other, and, you know, it's it's got all these nice little, like, plot threads going now, so... Uh, I'm really into it, and uh, you know I, I hope it lasts a bit longer. I, I think this this season's another 26 episodes, so you know that's pretty good. You know, at least they'll come up, they'll 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 be yeah double like Derek said, they'll be uh, at least double the amount of episodes like Spec Spidey and uh, Wolverine and the X Men and Fantastic Four got. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. That's good they're almost thing. they're almost hitting that magic syndication number. You know, you, you never know. Like just you know, because the Avengers movie is going to come out in 2000. Twelve, and then there'll be Iron Man three. I mean, you know, they could probably, you know, hopefully stretch this out to do the full sixty-five, maybe. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that. Like this, the show is doing really well for Nicktoons, so that's probably why, you know, it's been it's lasting so long. So, you know, more power to it. Cool, excellent. Um, yeah, so basically, from from the feedback you've listened to, <clears throat> Mike and Derek totally think you should check it out. I, I mean, I think I feel safe saying uh, on Grimlock's end, you should not avoid it. You know, it's definitely one of those shows that you should see for yourself. That's, I yeah. think that's the best way you would put it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just me and him didn't like it. Just not even didn't like it, just not our cup of tea. It's not bad at all. You should definitely watch it for yourself. And I will say this much, what Mike did say about the hurdles. <clears throat> yeah, I got over the Teen Tony thing after the first like episode or two. I'm like... Yes, Teen Tony, fuck it. You know, move on. Like, just watch the show and try to enjoy it based on that. And because of that, that's why I really couldn't click with it because I tried to enjoy it beyond that and just didn't float my boat. But Derek and Mike, two comic guys who love comics, they gave it a shot and they're pretty big fans of it. So there you go. Pretty, pretty good rousing support in the show. So kind of split on it, but I think all around everybody thinks that Teen Tony is at least worth a look, if nothing else. He's a man on a mission. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! In a suit of armor with high-tech ammunition. <laughs> uh, I, I, w- I will say this: like when I first heard the uh, theme song, I was just like, 
eh, kind of like when I first heard the Avengers theme song. But the more you watch the show, yeah, the, the more the both of those theme songs, songs grow on you. Yeah. <laughs> Catchy, yeah. Uh, stuck in your head. For the future! But uh, we're going to move on from our good friend Tony Stark to uh, the guy he uh, kicked out of a window at one point. Uh, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... What a segue. We're going to talk about something for the future. Man, it's been a while since we've done this. <clears throat> can, can, can I get a little bishop there, uh, Mike? Just just for old time's sake. I was trying to save lives. Wow. Yours and mine. Wow. <laughs> Harmonica back up by Derek. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh-oh, look like bishop pointing a gun at me. <laughs> get him, let's get battle. He's like, traitor. <laughs> traitor he's got to love that's the first thing he says when he sees Gamma oh traitor <laughs> oh man all, all, all wonderful Bishop and uh, Gambitness aside there is a trailer that's been floating around for a while now it's been out for a little bit it's The Amazing Spider-Man this is basically it's a reboot there is it's pretty much what Batman Begins was to the horribleness that Schumacher and, and prison Batman in for a while. This is pretty much a new take on Spider-Man, new director, new cast, uh, new look. Uh, Spidey doesn't have the same costume. Pretty much getting away from the Raimi universe. So, like I said, the trailer's been out for a while, and we're just, I mean, not a lot was shown. I mean, you get to see what Spidey looks like, more or less. You get the tone of the atmosphere of what they're going for, but other than that, not a whole lot was shown, so we're just going to kind of talk about that. Um, what about, what about you, Mike? Uh, how did the trailer hit you? Did it hit a positive note or were you kind of like, yay, reboot? <laughs> I didn't hate it. I think like the trailer was kind of designed to like take advantage of certain demographics, you know, um, you know, a lot of people have like, you know, pointed out like, uh, what, what's his face? Andrew Garfield's like Peter Parker look like kind of, kind of smacks a little of like, you know, speaking to like Twilighty and the tweens and all like, you know, he's got the, he's got the puffy <laughs> hair and he looks all broody and all that. And, you know, um, I, I think the trailer might be a little misleading in that, like where, like they're trying to snag that audience, but I don't know how much of that will be in the actual movie. But, you know, um, maybe it will. Maybe I'll be I'll look like a jackass when it comes out and it'll be <laughs> exactly like that. But I'm like, I, you know, I'm hoping it won't be. Spider-Man's but... like web swinging and then there's like sparkly sparkles coming off him. <laughs> yeah, he leaves a trail of sparkles. <laughs> yep. I'm a spider. Wee! <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, it's just like, like, I think what you said, Tony, like the Batman Begins analogy is kind of... Uh, kind of accurate um like it's almost like you know they if they were going to do a batman 5 of like you know from the burton the original like uh series it was probably going to feature the scarecrow but instead you know they went with batman begins and used the scarecrow as like the new villain you know instead of a continuing villain and that seems to be what they did with the lizard so it's like you know well we can't use like you know we can't use one of the old villains yet so we have to use a new one but we're still doing an origin story so it's like so i'm figuring when they do like amazing spider-man 2 maybe they'll use the green goblin again and they'll try to do sort of like a joker thing where they you know they try to have a breakout performance with you know the green goblin or something i don't know but um 
Yeah, I like Defoe's. I like Defoe's Osborne, but they really can't fuck up any worse than that horrible outfit he had in the first movie. <laughs> the Green Ranger Goblin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, well, you know, I I thought the trailer was okay. Um, it, it seemed a bit like I said, it seemed a little twilighty and dark and you know broody. But you know, I like I like Dennis Leary a lot. So you know, I, I think he'll do really good as uh, Captain George Stacy. And uh, you know, a- Emma Stone's not too bad either. I think uh, I think she's prettier than Kirsten Dunst. So you know, and uh, I I like the fact that they're going with Gwen first this time instead of MJ. So. Uh, you know, the costume, uh, it's okay. Uh, There's some stupid parts of it, like the little, like, ballerina, like, slippers, slippers. (laughs) yeah. And, 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 like, the big, the the big arrow accentuating his manly crotch, you know? (laughs) I don't don't know what the hell. Spider Man! (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal with that is, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe it'll look better in motion, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one thing I never had a problem with in the Raimi films. I thought the Spider-Man costume was awesome. Yeah, that looked they, they got that like as close as they possibly could. I thought you know that yeah. was that that's something I can't complain about either in the Raimi films. But you know it's going to be a different take. So you know yeah, I I want it to be good, but you know I'm also prepared for it to be bad. But you know. Uh, I don't think, like, I know Derek isn't a big fan of them, and I, I don't think the Raimi films have ver- aged very well, but, you know, oh, th- there was a lot. the first one, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot that I thought that they got right, but they have, there's a lot that they got wrong, too, so, you know, I, I, I guess we'll see next year, you know, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air, I want to be positive about it, but, you know... I'm too, I'm too embittered, I guess, you know, to be completely yeah. positive about it. Yeah, so. one, one thing I will give the first movie that can never be wrong, and it will never be wrong in my eyes, is Bonesaw is ready! Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Get down here! <laughs> we love you, Macho Man. Um, what about you, Derek? What do you think about the trailer? Is it worth watching, or... Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it only because I, I like Mike mentioned like I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of, of the Raimi Spider Man films. I, I really like number two and the other two I don't really care for that much. So for me, this is just another opportunity. I mean I like that you pointed out the Batman begins thing because I think most people hopefully would, would view that as, you know, the the Burton Batman films and even the Schumacher Batman films, you know, uh, when they didn't, you know, when, when Burton and, and Schumacher didn't get out of control and had less studio interference, they kind of went ape shit, and then the franchises kind of took a swerve. But, but you know, the, the first and third Batman films were pretty good, and then their sequels kind of just went ape shit crazy. Like, you know, they just let their uh, beards grow out, and they looked like Alan Moore or something, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I guess my point is, is, is that, you know, yeah, the Batman franchise uh, eventually sort of did its own thing, and it wasn't perfect, but it got people interested in Batman. They were taking Batman seriously. So that's all good things. You know, it's like it's great that they got to do certain uh, CGI technology with Spider-Man, and it's great that it was really popular and a good boost uh, for, for the comic character. But I, I'd like to see another take on it. You know, I'd like to see a take where it's not organic webbing. I, like Mike mentioned, uh, Dennis Leary is playing 
Captain George Stacy. I, you know, I've mentioned in the past, you know, some of my awesome things of the week had been Rescue Me. You know, I love Dennis Leary even back to when he was just doing his stand-up comedy. So, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. I mean, I think he brings a real New York vibe to, you know, what he does on Rescue Me, and I think that'll carry over into Spider-Man. And, you know, Spider-Man, uh, you know, has always been about New York in a way, too, because it's part of yeah. his character, his background. So I, I think that lends a certain weight of credibility to it. And, and you know, I know there's been some complaints about, oh, there's no J. Jonah Jameson or whatever. Well, for me, I'm just hoping that, that George Stacy plays a pretty big role in it and that, that he'll sort of, you know, make up the difference that, you know, or, or, or the, the lack of other supporting characters that maybe some people are feeling the woes for not having around. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, uh, a movie done from scratch with Gwen Stacy as the, the love interest. And, and to me, like I said, it, 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 right now, since the movie hasn't come out yet and there, we haven't seen the sequels and we don't have a crystal ball, to me, I, I think it just opens uh, uh, multiple doors of opportunity. You know, you, you could have a really, really awesome Green Goblin, you know, done in the movies, you know, as opposed to the, you know, uh, Weird Al Power Ranger mask on <laughs> version or whatever. You know, like, you, you, we can have some, you know, interesting, uh, you know, scientific exchanges between Peter Parker and have him invent things instead of, you know, spooge them out of his hands or whatever, you know. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm definitely looking forward to all that. And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as, like, my uh, general impressions of the trailer, um, I, you know, it seemed interesting, like, the, the way they're trying to go with the forced perspective of Spider-Man. And, you know, as far as the costume, like, I, I'm not that bothered by the costume. I mean, I know some people are saying it looks a little too much like Ben Riley or whatever. Like, I'm, you know, I, to me, I'm like, I, I don't know, there, there's that weird thing. I know I, you know, you kind of fall into using the, the Power Ranger insult for the, the Green Goblin outfit and Sam Raimi's thing. But, like, some people kind of said how uh, Spider-Man's costume kind of looks like an Ultraman costume. And I guess I'm, you know, maybe I'm biased for Ultraman, but I'm kind of like, yeah, so what? Who fucking cares? You know, I'm like, whatever, Ultraman's cool, you know, like, like I don't know, but um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I, I haven't seen um the 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 Facebook movie, so I, I, you know, I don't know anything about um, you know, his acting ability or anything. So it, it may very well be the first time I see him in a movie. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't have anything to say about that. I've, I've just kind of a wait and see kind of attitude. So. Cool. Um, yeah, one thing I the, I remember my point before I went all macho madness on everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that really sucks and is kind of cool at the same time, because it's very interesting to be a comic book, uh, movie fan right now is we've been pretty much Nolan as a, as a turn of phrase, because when Dark Knight was being made, everybody was like, oh, my God, Heath Ledger looks like ass. Oh, my God, look at that. That's horrible. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is going to be the worst Batman movie ever. <clears throat> and then it comes out, and everybody's like, well, fuck me. I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so with, like, comic book movies now, it's really – it's kind of hard to, like, get really negative out of the, out of the get-go because it's just like, shit, you never know what could happen, you know? It's like we, we were we were pretty much, you know – I mean – I don't know about you three, but I will totally admit this. I have no problem admitting it. I was eating crow after the Dark Knight because I was like, I was on the bandwagon. I was like, Heath Ledger looks stupid. I hate it. I don't know. I think it's going to be the worst Batman movie ever. And then, like, when I walked out, I was like, eh, I love Batman. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was like, 
They're like, that was the best movie ever. It was like Cats. I want to see it again and again, you know. <laughs> just... <laughs> Justin got that joke. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of hard to be too negative. Um, I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll say my one negative thing about the trailer, which I'm surprised Mike or Derek didn't point out. <clears throat> the only hang-up I actually have, and it's very small. It's very much an aesthetic thing. It's just kind of like, what? It, it, it don't get neck webbing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Oh, that little shot where he's got that weird kind of whatever he pulls out of the back of his neck or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's just, that was the only thing. But like, yeah, it's probably not even a big deal. It's probably just a small scene where he's like, "I really am a spider." And that's I, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'm just assuming maybe that's where the spider bites him. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, like that. That's the thing about trailers. I'm not gonna spend hours. Uh, you know, psychoanalyzing or, or, or uh, you know, hyper-analyzing, you know, little Yeah, like bits I said, it could just be like a five-second scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's trying to stitch the bite up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at, least when he did, at least when he pulled the web out, he wasn't like, you know, go, web, go! He's <laughs> like, Shazam! Yeah, Shazam, Nick! Shazam! <laughs> but yeah, that, that was the only minor gripe. And again, that, it is a minor gripe. I'm, I'm not going to obsess about it. I'm just, I was just kind of like, that's weird but yeah you know um what about you uh mr grimlock what do you think about the upcoming spider flick mm, it looks like it could be fairly interesting i don't know it's i i've rewatched it several times and i'm just like there just seems like just enough there to like kind of you know witch your appetite i guess like i I get all the criticism that it looks kind of twilighty, and I'm, I'm kind of like Mike. I think that's just to uh, hook in a certain kind of demographic and get them to go see the movie. But uh, you know, it, it looks like it'll be pretty good. Um, I like the uh, the spider perspective shots. Like it has like kind of a, a mirror's edge kind of feel to it. If you've ever played that video game, it looked yeah, kinda, yeah. it looked pretty neat. I think <laughs> once you see that on the screen. Like, if you see it in 3D, like, I don't even know if this is going to be in 3D, but, like, if you see that on screen in 3D, like, I think that'll be, you know, pretty interesting, like, maybe kind of intense. It kind of uh, reminds me, like, when you're playing uh, video games, and sometimes, like, I, I, maybe this is just me. I don't want to speak for everybody else, but my, my friend always used to think I was funny. Like, I'd play, like, a Mario game, and if Mario got hurt, I'd kind of go, ow! You know, like that's just kind of <laughs> the kind of person I am, you know, like, I kinda, if I kind of get into something. But whenever you play a video game and i'm not a person who's like super afraid of heights or anything but i'm not a person who's like uh i'm a hardcore airborne ranger and heights don't do shit to me either i'm kind of somewhere in between you know it's like i've been on you know uh airplanes i've been on you know uh you know mountain hikes and and i've installed you know lighting equipment on stages before where i had to stand on really rickety ladders so i've done stuff like that but like i guess to to explain the differences you know when i was on a ladder that was a, a two-legged ladder i was cool but then there was like the the section where it's like no no you have to go up higher here's a single-legged extension on the two-legged ladder and you have to carry like a hundred pound light and hang it up there then i was like oh this is fucking a little scary you know, like, so that that's the kind of where my cutoff is. But I guess my point with that is, you know, whenever I would play video games, you know, and I'd see, like, say, somebody play, like, Grand Theft Auto and they, like, jump off the building. Or, like, anytime you play, like, the whole Ultimate Destruction and he's on, like, a really tall building and you kind of, like, gamma power him up for the leap and you're leaping off and you're just kind of 
floating there with your legs like wailing in the air. You know, I kind of have that feeling of like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that kind of feeling. And and I, I could imagine if you're watching something like that in 3D, if it's a real you know, sort of forced perspective of Spider-Man, you know, maybe it could get some people to kind of go, oh, shit. <laughs> See, what I had in mind was, like, um, seeing uh, Dark of the Moon this summer in 3D, and, like, I, I don't deal with heights very well sometimes, but, you know, the, the skydiving scene where they jump out of the, uh, the airplane or whatever, like, that was that was a little intense for me. Like, if that had went on just a little bit longer, I probably, like, would have, like, I don't know, had a moment there where I'm just like, I, I got to like out of this movie. This is too intense for me. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to hit the pavement at any time. Oddly enough, I felt that way after the first opening credits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to log out of this movie. Good night, Michael Bay. Um, and yes, uh, fan holes listeners, I did watch Dark of the Moon. And yes, fan holes listeners, just to be a, be a man about it, I have said it's probably the best of the three. It wasn't horrible, so... Feel free to send all your what the f- <laughs> what <laughs> emails to uh, Tony. You betrayed them. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like you're saying earlier, like Tony, like a Transformer movie. What <laughs> traitor? <laughs> Team Tony, your future ends now. <laughs> <laughs> the professor's getting a little sleepy. Oh no, kidding. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, all in all, it, the general consensus is we're all playing a wait and see game. Unlike Ghost Rider, where we're kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be horrible. Uh, <laughs> we're a little bit more yeah, open-minded. I, I, I would say I have, like, cautious optimism towards uh, this movie, whereas Ghost Rider, I'm just like, well, can't be worse than the first one, I hope. <laughs> Well, yeah, this think... does have the stigma of being a, a direct sequel to a movie we know is not that great. So, this is a supposedly a new reimagining. So, I mean, we'll see. What we, we'll see what he can do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I love Spider-Man. I think he's a great character, and I would love for this movie to kick ass. And if it does, I'll be the first person to say, "Hey, this movie kicks ass." But on the same note, if it's really Twilighty, and yeah, like you know, they were saying, like Mike and Derek were saying earlier, like, he's got like sparklies running out of his ass when he does a web swing. I'm gonna be like, yeah, go home, ballet slipper boy. So, but again, yeah, this is this is definitely for the future in the most literal sense. We're just gonna have to wait and see this, I guess. Would you guys agree? Definitely. Cool, cool. Spider-Man works in mysterious ways, Shelley, and wherever he is, he loves you. We're gonna go to a old staple of the Fan Holes podcast now. Uh, wrapping up for the future, we're going to go into something awesome this week. Again, if you listen to the podcast, you know what this is about. We're just going to talk about something we really dig. That's all it is, all there, all, all there ever will be. So we're just going to talk about the coolest thing in our universe at this current time. I've actually hit all the fan holes up for a first-round draft pick this uh, session. So uh, just to go randomly, Mike, what's something cool in your universe this week? Well, staying on the Spider-Man tack, uh, hold on to your butts, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, pra- I'm gonna praise. Oh, I should have said, hold on to your butts, motherfuckers. Uh, I, I'm gonna praise a current day issue of Amazing Spider-Man. 
because um, I I I haven't I've been uh, burn stealing like the Spider Island current arc and like I've been buying the Venom tie-in issues, but I've like the Amazing Spider-Man I've like largely swore off buying for a while now. But I've been uh, you know burn stealing, reading them, scanning them in you know stores and stuff, and you know I actually really liked Spider Island, you know. Uh, I, it, it was, uh, I don't know, it had a lot of stuff that appealed to me, um, uh, it just, it, it seemed like it was a lot of fun, and it seemed to appeal to more old school, like, Spider-Man fans, and, uh, just a lot of, like, uh, nice fan service moments where, like, you know, Carly Sue is, like, she turns <laughs> into a giant, she turns into a giant spider, and then, like, Peter just, like, abandons her, and he's like, oh, well, <laughs> and then, like, um, Mary Jane, like, gets spider powers, and, like, she's, like, the only one who's immune to, um, becoming a giant spider because uh much like in uh spider-man rain oh, uh, her, yeah, so her, 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 yeah her 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 um yes well, they say because we shared a toothbrush. Well, hey, That's why I'm at immune. Least, at least it's not like Spider-Man. It's like actually uh, 180 degrees from Spider-Man rain. It's like yeah, it's it's she's a not bizarre. horribly dying or whatever from from having uh, spider sex. She's like <laughs> she's like actually empowered by having spider sex. See, see, Derek, the, the spider jism can be positive. It's, it's a positive, <laughs> awesome thing, I guess. Sex, now, now, I'm immune because that, of like, Spider-Man should go out and like have sex with a bunch of people to save the day at the end of the story. It immunized them. He's <laughs> like, this is this is for your own good. Uh, every female <laughs> member of the Avengers, come here, She-Hulk. Let me fix you right up. <laughs> I have to fuck the world to save it. <laughs> uh, oh my god this is not the direction I want this to go <laughs> but I knew it was going to as soon as I mentioned this uh, I'll uh, I'll try and get us back on course and back you up Mike like we were talking about this before the show and uh, I really enjoyed Spider Island so far as well like I, I still have like, maybe five issues left to read but uh, I've I've been pleasantly surprised and I'm really enjoying it too I'd like to mention, I like, uh, I really liked, without spoiling too much, I really liked the role Kane played in this story arc, and, like, it's, like, Marvel's gonna be doing a Scarlet Spider series soon again, and it really looks like Kane's gonna be the one to be the Scarlet Spider, so and, Kane, like, it kind of... Kane's back, that's, that's random. Yeah, like, uh, he died at the end of Grim Hunt, but then he came back, and then he mutated into a giant spider monster, and now he's back to normal, so it's like, yeah, yeah. But um, just did Spider-Man share a toothbrush with him? <laughs> no, not quite. But they they do share they do share the same DNA. So you know, but um, just like him and Peter's interactions kind of reminded me of the good old days of Peter and like Ben Riley being buddies and stuff. So it, you know, it was a nice uh, it was a nice uh, uh, throwback to that. And that just one moment I want to mention is when they're like they're they're like hanging together. And they're like swinging off, and uh, Peter gives him like a, a spare costume to use, and uh, Peter's like Parker Brothers away, <laughs> and then, like Kane, and, and Kane's like, I, like I don't think they'll let you trademark that, <laughs> but <laughs> that that just made me that just made me laugh a lot. So um, 
Uh, I think they're, they they are kind of like whitewashing like Kane's like you know face ripping off, like movie Optimus Prime face ripping off from the nineties. <laughs> like he's like going all like lethal protector now. It he's, seems like I'm but. trying to remember in that Todd Todd Knock uh, like condensed clone saga. Did he do face ripping in that? I think so. Okay. Yeah, because like the, the face ripping was like the the sticking power right. but like ex- extreme extreme you know? sticking yeah but in in whatever case extreme yeah, it, toothbrush it, sharing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um in whatever case you know what i read uh, made me want i pre-ordered like the hardcover of uh spider island off amazon so you know that's that's a credit since you know i haven't like you know bought any amazing spider-man anything since like uh like almost since one more day like began like i think the only things i bought were uh the new ways to die arc and then like uh some of grim hunt but so that's a credit to to dan slot that like i actually liked this storyline and uh i still haven't forgiven him for what he's done to the hobgoblin but you know that this this is a start you know back to the road of uh forgiveness so that's my thing for the week yeah i must say that the fan holes in general have not been very up on Spider-Man for a while, so that that's a very big uh, endorsement there for Mike. So, so yeah, te- definitely check that out. Um, I'm, I may even do it myself. Um, how about you, Derek? What's something really cool in your world this week? Uh, I went and got Frank Miller's Holy Terror. I know that's all controversial and shit, but uh, I decided I'd go out and get it. I wanted to read it for myself. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it, it's it, just describing the the actual packaging. If you've ever uh, gotten the 300 graphic novel that Frank Miller did, um, it's it's kind of packaged the same way. It's kind of long ways, you know, like it's kind of a a, a rectangular hardbound book, if you will. And, it's a uh, big book. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and um, um, I the thing I think I appreciate about it is like. It, it, I'll probably just reiterate what people have said previously, but uh, the the two points is is that of course it's hard not to think of Batman and Catwoman and Commissioner Gordon when you're reading the story because you know it was originally written as you know Batman kicks Al Qaeda's ass or whatever he was originally going to call it, um, but the um, the art and uh, you know story is is kind of typical for Frank Miller. Um, you know, it's definitely not politically correct in any way, shape, or form. But in another sense, I, I think it's interesting because a lot of the things he does, he just does with his art, which I kind of find impressive. It's like he never makes any judgments about certain things. Like, there's certain, like, celebrities or uh, political figures or, you know, uh, uh, you know, basically, you know, terrorist figures or whoever that he's drawing in some of these panels. But, you know, he never comes right out and says, oh, you know what, Michael Moore's a fucking douchebag. But you see a panel where Michael Moore's there and he's got this douchebag look on his face. Now, maybe that's just (laughs) me projecting my own feelings onto the picture. But you know what? I'm sure plenty of people can take like a million things away from from some of those panels and the way he draws things and the kind of, you know, the smug way he makes certain politicians look or the goofy way he makes some, you know, smug politicians look. You know, I'm sure people who, you know, have different opinions could look at, you know, pictures of, of the, you know, the presidents that were in office at the time and the president that's in office now and come to their own conclusions on, you know, what, you know, what they think 
you know, that that art is projecting. But, you know, it's never verbalized. It's never written in stone. But you can kind of take what you want, you know, away from some of those images and everything. And then, uh, you know, I guess I guess the controversy is, you know, uh, that, you know, it's an attack on, you know, uh, religion or it's an attack on, you know, uh, Islamic faith and this kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I think uh, another counterpoint that people bring up to that is, well, everybody's all apt to jump onto that bandwagon but if you read like sin city nobody's like oh geez he really rammed the catholic church there you know like nobody's like all up in arms about that of course you know but yeah. you know when it's something else like you know it's a counter you know uh i guess what you know i don't know what they call it a minority like i don't know what you'd call it but when it's you know a, a religion that that's not popularized to be attacked then, then all of a sudden it's wrong, I guess. But anyway, uh, I, you know, like it, it, it's something where if if you're curious about it, you know, you should go ahead and check it out. Um, if it's something you think is going to piss you off, then you know, like most things, like I usually try to avoid things that I think are going to piss me off. But this was sort of like a thing where you know, it's it's basically a revenge tragedy or a revenge fantasy or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's like you know, basically, you know, it starts out in you know faux gotham city you know which gets attacked by terrorists and then batman's like fuck this shit and him and catwoman go and kick a bunch of ass and that's basically all it was ever really you know intended to be you know and uh you know so if you look at it from that perspective you know and even at the end of the day you know you got was it kind of like a throwback to like back in the uh world war ii era when like superman was like giving you I know think, to I think, tojo and hitler a wedgie and stuff you know? i think i think that was his intention you know i think that was him saying like well hey jack kirby you know and you know joe simon drew uh you know captain america socking adolf hitler in the face like i want to draw batman you know socking you know, uh, uh, Osama bin Laden upside the head or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and I guess now that's viewed as quaint or propaganda or whatever you're going to call it. But, you know, I think people need a release one way or the other, you know, to, to certain things like that. I, I just think it's a shame that it, it took, uh, you know, so long that, uh, you know, to come out that, you know, I think it was a release that people could have used way earlier than when it actually arrived. But other than that, you know, I, I, you know, I was fairly, you know, I don't know. It's like, I know a lot of people give Frank Miller crap about a lot of the recent stuff he's done, you know, but for the, you know, at least for this, like I was uh, at least entertained by it. And, you know, I felt like he, that was what his purpose was, was to give people like a, you know, a revenge tragedy and a release. And I thought he did that for me. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. One thing a lot of people, Tend to kind of gloss over is like Frank Miller is a really creative person. He writes really good stories sometimes. Yeah, he does have some bad stories, but he's also a really good artist. People tend yeah. to overlook that. Well, I mean, I, I think I appreciate so uh, a lot of the 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 way it's done is to let the art speak for itself, and I kind of admire that, you know, because like I was saying before, you kind of take you know different people probably take different things from it, you know. So that's and that's yeah. kind of what art is about, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So yeah, if you if you're feeling a little controversial, or hey, if you just want to see Osama get his ass kicked, yeah, totally pick that up. Um, I actually was really excited about that when I heard it first released, but I never knew when it was going to be released because they they yeah, blurred it. Was, it, it was released. It was released in September, but it took me you know it took me a little while to go down to the store and just decide to pick it up or whatever. But because I had just been busy <laughs> with work and other stuff, but I I went down to the store. I think. Uh, 
what was it? It was like a couple weeks ago, whatever. But I know we've been recording kind of here and there. So I just, you know, I figured this was a good spot as any to to mention it as an awesome thing. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, because, well, I was just going to say, they, they blurbed it in Wizard when Wizard was still, like, publishing, like, magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that you know, but that's probably back when it was going to be Batman, you know, or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. But, yeah, totally cool. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go next, and then we'll end on our esteemed friend, uh, Mr. Grimlock. My awesome thing this week is... It's going to sound really cheesy. I know we just did the Halloween podcast uh, not too long ago, but we are actually days away from Halloween. And I'm just going to say awesome thing is Halloween. It is one of my favorite holidays. I love the chance to see my friends dress up in silly costumes, me myself to dress in silly costumes. It's turned more into a all-ages event instead of just kids trick-or-treating. Adults can go out and dress up as their favorite characters, politicians, whatever, you know, like just silly costumes. And it kind of like is a nice thing to kind of revert to childhood with copious amounts of alcohol and still have fun. And just kind of, I don't know, be, be, you know, have a little bit of mischievous side to you. So my also thing is Halloween. As far as how we're recording this, it's two days away. If you're an adult and you haven't done anything for Halloween in a while, Wear a stupid costume. Go to a party. Have fun. Go take your kids trick-or-treating. Enjoy a holiday that just really is probably my favorite of the entire calendar year. Right next to Arbor Day. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, what, are you, what are you, plant man? <laughs> Listen, Jason Woodrue. <laughs> Listen, Florinic man. <laughs> he was a new guardian. Um, he was, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I know it's kind of cheesy, kind of, you know, schmaltzy. But, hey, I do like Halloween. It's, it's one of my favorite holidays. We're going to go ahead and move on to our good friend, Mr. Grimlock. Justin, what is your awesome thing this week? Well, if you've uh, ever been flipping through the channels and you've asked yourself who in their right mind would sit down and watch an eight- or nine-hour marathon of Law & Order, I am one of those people. <laughs> Um, Secret Brothers! <laughs> <laughs> um, Law and Order was probably the first, like, I guess, like, adult or non-science fiction TV show I really got into. Um, and I've been watching the 14th season uh, all this week, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I remember seeing some of these when they were first airing, and then there's been a few scattered about the season that uh, I never saw, so it's been uh, a treat to... Watch all these old episodes and just catch up on some uh, Law and Order. Yeah, I, I don't even say Secret Brothers as a sarcastic thing. I love Law and Order. <clears throat> it's really weird because when I was younger, I don't know if it's my advancing age or whatnot, but I would never really watch a cop drama. I was like, oh, that's just boring. That's stupid. But damn it, if Jack, you know, like uh, you know, McCoy doesn't draw you in with his legal expertise <laughs> or. You know, like the various cops they have on the show, Briscoe and all them, they just, you know, they yeah. make you want to watch it, you know, it's just really good. It's really good drama, really, really good time. So, yeah, I, I definitely am with you on that. I get your back on Law & Order. If it, it's on everywhere. Watch it on USA. Watch SVU. Watch it on TNT on <laughs> the regular, the original version. The sad, Sadly, the original version is gone now, so. Yeah, like I, I have my own favorite, like, combinations. You know, there's been many combinations of, you know, like, Senior detective, junior detective, you know, district attorney, assistant district district attorney, and 
Um, I was a big oh, fan of the Briscoe Green and uh, McCoy era. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's probably mine. I really like Green and Briscoe. Um, some of the seasons past 15, I think, like, starting with, like, 16 and 17, I, you know, I moved away. I didn't have TV for a while, so I'm probably going to, like, skip ahead and try and watch some of those and, you know, fill in some blanks because uh, I did – I think I really did miss, like, entire seasons there, and I didn't see anything of the short-lived Law & Order LA spinoff, so I'll, I'll probably, like, continue my marathon past season 14. <laughs> Cool, cool. Uh, just to throw a random shout out to my friend Morgan, who is a good friend of mine in real life. It was really funny. Uh, we were watching Law and Order one night, and I was making a random video on my webcam, and I was like, "I'm here with my friend Morgan. She loves Law and Order." And I like zoom it over to her, and she's like, "Loves Law and Order." <laughs> like out of context. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was rather amusing. <laughs> So there you go, Morgan. You get a shout out on the uh, podcast. Way to go! Um, but yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Check out Law. Check out all of this. This has been a really good week for awesome stuff. As far as I can tell, I think the the clock is starting to hit that witching hour where we're pretty much going to wrap up. Unless anybody's got anything to say about the uh, past topics we've talked about tonight. Actually, actually, I, I, I do have one thing that I'd like to announce. If any uh, female. Fanhole listeners would like to share a toothbrush with any of the fanholes. <laughs> you know where to email us at. And all your angry emails. <laughs> um, actually, actually, not to uh, be just joking. Yeah, totally send us emails. We've given out the uh, address a couple of times tonight. <clears throat> One more time, fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Just send us an email. Ask us a question. Hey, our good friend uh, Cruiser Dave last week gave us a criticism. We answered it. We face it like men. We will take any and all comers. We also have a Twitter. We also have a Facebook. <laughs> we are we are nationwide, y'all. Um, just throw us some uh, comments. We love to hear feedback. We love to talk to our fans. We like to get our listeners in the, into the game. We are not going to give out free stuff for a while because we're out of free stuff, but... Uh, it's not uh, that I'm. It's not that I'm out of free stuff. I can't. I can't afford to pay the shipping. Crazy, <laughs> crazy shipping. Government shipping. Crazy. Naruto box set costs you like thirty bucks to ship. <laughs> it costs more than the box set. <laughs> <laughs> it was free. Oh wait, not to us. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, seriously, yeah, yeah, totally check us out on the those various. Uh, internet avenues and as always we will always come at you with new fun sidecasts the podcast is still the mainstay also just for a couple of shout outs our good friend Derek is working hard as ever on his uh, history of comics on film great series totally check it out also good friend Justin he is doing his own thing called retrovirus our good friend Derek just helped to make a video version of it that will be coming out with new episodes soon on the video format as well as his, as his ongoing blog. Would you like to throw out the uh, Blogspot uh, address over there, Justin? It is uh, retrovirusmovies.blogspot.com. Uh, today's latest installment was The Mobile People. Nice. And what about you, uh, Derek? What's your uh, history of comics? Uh, uh, it's uh, hocof.blogspot.com. And then the, the latest episode up there is on The Incredible Hulk. And you know what, guys? You should watch that just because this guy had to go through five seasons of freaking <laughs> Luke Rigno. It's for you. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely check those out. We have a lot more ideas coming up uh, down the pike for the Fan Holes uh, website. A couple of new ideas we're going to 
highlight and showcase, but I will not give those away now because they are in the working stages. Until then, though, everybody, keep coming out. Keep coming listen to us. We will always be here to try to give you our own unique slant on the pop culture that is fan holes. So until then, I am Tony Chainclaw. Hey, this is Derek. Derek WC. Mike Thunderwing. And this is Kitty Kitty Meow Meow Grimlock. <laughs> Thanks for joining <laughs> us tonight, folks. We will see you in the future. This is Fan Holes. Good night. Malakis. <laughs> Stencils. Watching all the commotion, killing our faith. Have people talking, talking. Yeah, oh. it's not just on fire. Darn Mike for bringing up Spider Man. Uh... <laughs> sharing toothbrushes. <laughs> Sorry. Even Mike knew that was a bad idea. <laughs> I was like, I knew this was going to come up. This was a bad idea. <laughs> well, I could tell, like, as soon as I said Spider-Man Rain, I could hear, like, Derek going, Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <clears throat> like, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> Let me finish it up for you. <laughs> 18 years. <laughs> toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why I laughed when Tony said, "And we will take on all comers." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. I'm laughing too hard. I gotta go pee. <laughs>